Welcome to Beyond Sunday. This is a podcast from FBC Allen where we talk about living out our relationship with Christ in the 167 hours beyond the one hour that we are here on Sunday. This week, we are talking about your story and how it can transform those around you. We are joined by Jimmy. Hey, oh. Jeff. Hey, hey. So, welcome, Jeff. This is your first one since uh, the interview. First one this year. Yeah. Yeah. So this is you're you're kind of a newbie for this one, right? Oh yeah, man. You're looking forward to it too. Totally green. Yes. And then you're gonna have to do a lot of editing. We got Hayden back, so I'm Hello. excited about this. And Hayden is here on his day off, so he gets extra Ooh, bonus points. Taking one for the team. He is. So <laughs> we appreciate him coming in for this moment to be able to talk about our stories. And of course, I'm Chris. I'm the online pastor, and I'm gonna be asking some questions. And so we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to kind of start out with a question to get to know you. And what better way to get to know someone than knowing what is your favorite meal? Mine's got to be Mexican. I mean, I was going to say pancakes. Oh, well, pancakes is a good follow-up. <laughs> but I mean, on an annual basis, Mexican food is where I'm Mexican at. Mexican food? Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite dish? Like, Do you like enchiladas or your well, tamales? I would guess I like tamales. The, I like just your basic Mexican food. So okay. like, not to give them any kind of advertisement, but my favorite restaurant is El Felix. I'll put it that way. Um, to my van. <laughs> so, well, there goes our hope of getting advertising dollars from El Phoenix. We've lost Rudy's but, oh, and now well. we've lost El Phoenix as sponsors <laughs> okay. our podcast world. Tamales, rice, and beans, man. That's my dish. I mean, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, Roses is going to be like, well, <laughs> fine. <Yeah>. We don't. <laughs> I know. We just lost all of our sponsorship. So what's yours, Jimmy? Mine's the same way, but mine's – you said homemade, and so there's a homemade carne yeah. that my grandmother used to make, Ooh. and it was really good. Now you can get it at a place in Abilene. Um, it's called uh, wow. La Popular. Uh, really? Yeah, and uh, they make these burritos, and it's amazing. But yeah, homemade tortillas, the whole bit. That's just that would you know, if I'm on death row, that's my last meal. So. Oh man, I've never seen so Jimmy good. on death row, but that was. But just funny, in case, like, just in case you guys know, just in case we, we yeah. know what he wants. Yeah. See, I'm hanging out at his house. <laughs> yeah. Great, that's where and we're I'm gonna going. have to make a trip to Abilene for that. That's good stuff. All man. right, so if you're ever in Abilene, what's the restaurant? La Popular. La Popular. They call it La Pop. Sounds Pop. good. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, Hayden, what's your favorite like meal? So we didn't talk about this, but carne guisada is actually mine too. My favorite, like I, I've never had it homemade. Um, homemade food at my house was like rare. Uh, it was like you know spaghetti. Oh yeah, we, sandwiches. We did that, like, every Monday was spaghetti, <laughs> barbecue Monday, chicken, and then you had the same thing. Like yeah, we just kept on having. Repeats. But I'm not gonna copy Jimmy. So um, burritos are my favorite like food. Because you can have a burrito with anything in it. Like you could, you. One of my favorite things in the world is, um, and I, I've only done this a couple times, but it's like it's awesome. You get like if you have a pizza, um, oh, you get no. like a. Oh, if no. you have a, no, stick with me, stick with me. Hit the mute if, button. <laughs> if you have a if you have a pizza on Tuesday night, right? Then oh, no. for Wednesday lunch, you just scrape all the toppings off the pizza into a tortilla, no. oh, roll no. it up, and then eat it. It's no. amazing. No. It's oh. so good. I feel like that's what <laughs> we lost listeners. If you're, yeah, if you're like dumpster diving and getting food, that's what you would eat. Hey man, you're like our resident foodie, and that's what you eat. I don't waste anything, man. Oh, to the crust. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> now you you do like a California burrito? Yes, and I haven't been able to find. So if a listener knows a Great California yes, burrito sends please. that re- recommendation. Yes. Okay. Yes. Come find me. 
and take me there. But you also know that this is the same person that eats pizza toppings <laughs> yes. in a tortilla. So yes. we'll see how that goes. Oh, I have man. a, a, I I have a wide palate. Is. <laughs> so what is your favorite restaurant of all time? Uh, all time would be Sharky's, which Sharky's. is a burrito place. In Amarillo? Yes. It's in Amarillo. Um, I, I would have said Ruby Tequila's. Um, it's a it's like a, a Tex-Mex like all the way place but it closed down and Adriana and I my wife Adriana and I um, we like we mourned the death of Ruby oh, because they closed down but yeah man Sharky's flowers in the front yeah Sharky's is my go-to so Elf Felix is yours. Well, I was trying to protect the, you know, the, the commercial, I know, I know. whatever. But uh, yeah, so, Elf. But you know, my, I was telling one of you guys the other day, my my bar on restaurants All four is low. Listeners. I'm not a I'm not a uh, a food snob, and so I keep my bar low, so I have a whole lot more choices out there. To I appreciate enjoy. you not looking straight at me when yeah. you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even I can enjoy a dollar burrito from or a dollar taco mm-hmm. from Taco, uh, let's say Masa over there. Taco. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is like an alternate universe. Everybody's like going, looking up Taco Masa. All right, because well, Masa is literally is a is a thing. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure there's an El Felix out there and a Taco Masa right now going. We are <laughs> sending right. him some. Good How do they find us an Alan? Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy, what's your favorite? Restaurant? Oh man, it's anything Mexican food, man. I love anything it. Mexican. Food. I love it all. Yeah, it's good. We need to go to lunch after this. Yeah, I'm really hungry now. I love Mexican food. Uh, Pato Loco in Cedar Hill is the best restaurant I've ever had. We oh, we cool. ate there every Friday, so check it out. We yeah. all set a Mexican food place, by the way. We're living in right. Texas. That's just part of yep. it. Yeah. Tex Mex. Texas. That's yep. true. Yeah. That's true. I just yeah. you know, every pizza's the same. So <laughs> all right, we're not talking about food on this podcast. Yeah. Um, we are talking Lord. about your story. And Chad just preached a sermon on kind of walking us through what it what it looks like to share your story of what Jesus has done. And um, I kind of want to start out this podcast really talking about an important part of our story. And he shares a verse from 1 Peter 3.15. He says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. And it's key. He talks about it. That hope is, is why they're coming to you. And so the first question I want to pose to all of you is, how important is it that we're a people of hope in the church? Well, obviously, I think it's super important because we are a people of hope. We're a people of mm. um, not for not for this world, right? Um, we're in this world, but we're not of this world, as Paul says. And so, our hope is in Christ and what He does for us today, but also the the future that's to come. You know, when we'll be with Him for eternity in in a place where He, you know, Garden of Eden, but the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, where things will be as they were supposed to be as he meant them to be all along and so hope is to me hope is like it's it's beyond what your circumstances are right so many people get lost in the here and the now and they look in the here and the now and they can't see anything else but as people of hope we realize that the here and now it's it's real right we're not we're yeah. not saying that that our struggles aren't real but it's like our lives are so much bigger than just the here and now and what we're doing and so hope is 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 key because we can look at a Someone who someone who knows the Lord and someone who doesn't know the Lord can look at the same situation and see something completely different, right? And as mm-hmm. as as a person of the Lord, we don't, you know we see the struggle, but we realize too that greater is He than is in that is in me than is in this world. So, yeah, you know, I think too uh, along that line, uh, y- you know, we we know 
we at times know people who are going through a struggle and you know or maybe are losing hope but two i mean just around us every day there's just people living in you know living lives of quiet desperation as they mm-hmm. say and and you don't have any idea that they're yeah. going through something and so just to be able to reflect hope around people we may not even know going mm-hmm. through struggles uh is very powerful mm. yeah yeah, I think about, um, you know, if you were to be able to see, you know, if you were to imagine, like, you know, being on a on a, on a ship, you know, and you, yeah. you go in from one place to, to another place and you see somebody kind of floating on a piece of driftwood, like, um, that's how I see, you know, we have real hope. Like, we have actual real hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're told is that everything in this earth is going to pass away. Um, people, kingdoms, principalities are going to pass away, but the kingdom of God stands forever. And so that's the hope that we have. And we live in a world where, you know, we, we say it's pretty hopeless. Um, yeah. And that's true uh, for sure. But there are definitely people who who feel like they, well, you know, if I hope in this thing, you know, if, if we can just get to the get to the, you know, get on, get out, get out from under this credit card debt, or if we can, uh, if I can get that, you know, raise at, at work, or, you know, if we could just have a baby, you know, maybe yeah. it would all be, and these are all pieces of driftwood that people are trying to just keep themselves afloat mm-hmm. on, and, and mm-hmm. we have the perspective of eternity, right? And um, so it's just one of those things that, like, you know, it's important to be a people of hope because, doing that allows people to see what real hope looks like. It's mm. not uh, waiting for this unsure thing that's to come or that hopefully is to come. It's, um, it's you know, obviously it's not a perfect metaphor, but, you know, it's pulling them up on the ship and saying, look, we, we can get there. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that community. Like, I've really been reflecting on just going through Chad's sermon about hope. And like Jimmy was saying, sometimes it feels like hope it is very hopeless because what I'm dealing with is very hopeless. But in our culture today and, and being online and, and working online is individualization. And Chad talked about that two sermons ago with the community. Individualization of America is very popular. And it seems that we really kind of tie our story to the individualized aspects of it. That mm-hmm. when I was looking at this verse, hope comes from being in community. That people, you know, I may be going through a struggle. But the community is helping me in that. And I, I really dug into the Old Testament when Elijah felt hopeless and, and he was like, God, I, I'm alone here. And God's like, no, there's a remnant of people that believe in me. And, and that's where the church comes in with hope is I think when we're very individualized, we lose hope. Mm-hmm. But when we're in a community, it really encourages us because we realize we're not alone in this. And I, I think for our story – that hope is is really key, especially when we're individual. Yeah, and I think because if you isolate, when you're going through different whatever whatever you're going through, um, you know, time alone is good, but isolation is bad because when you isolate, then you know all you hear are these negative thoughts yeah. in your head, and and it just seems to just exacerbate your issues and your problems and makes them worse than they really are. But when you're around people, people are there, kind of like to Hayden back to Hayden's metaphor, just you know throwing life throwing a life preserver out to you saying, hey, it's it's okay, you're okay, and helping you to see something that you can't see. It's in your blind spot because you're so focused on your circumstances that you do lose hope. And I think in community, there there are people of hope who can help you to see things and experience things and remind you of things um, that maybe you've forgotten or you just can't see because you're just blinded by what's in front of you right now. So, 
That's so true. It's like both what both these guys just said reminds me of that commercial that's on right now where the guy's out floating in the ocean on his little life raft, <laughs> and and up comes the girl in the uh, in the jet ski, and uh, and he he thinks what he needs is new glasses. You know, he's she, she's handing him these new glasses or whatever, and she goes, "Is there anything else I can help you with?" He goes, like what? You know, he's so blinded. By, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. By his, he just he's just happy, content in his situation, doesn't know there's something better. Yeah. You know, and so anyway, you would say something. Uh, yeah, um, I was just I, I was reminded um, with what you're saying, Jimmy, like, um, you know, somebody else's hope spurring you on and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, one of the things uh, that uh, thinking about like worship, um, one of the things that just uh, like stands out to me is like a, a, a very profound thing that I've, I've learned in the last couple of years is uh, I had a pastor who was talking about um, singing, like singing in a worship service. I know that that's not necessarily the same thing as being out in the world and that kind of thing. We, yeah. we, we encourage one another at church and that kind of thing. But like uh, singing in the worship service, um, it's important that you, you know, you sing and you, um, you do those things because uh, he, he was talking about himself. He said, you know, sometimes I'm just having a terrible week and just feeling hopeless and that kind of thing. And you singing loudly the worship and the praise of God encourages me and gives me hope. I like I need to lean on you as yeah. you you know as you worship because I don't have it in me to do it this week, you know. And so I just uh, uh, I have thought about that and you know just weeks where I get there and you know it's funny because like we f- we feel like we have to be. Um, there's a pressure that's that's not real, but it's perceived that we have to be like, as, as pastors and as ministers, just we have to be, uh, you know, on all the time. Uh, that sometimes I get there on Sunday mornings and I'm just like, man, mm-hmm. it was a long night, yeah. you know, and I I don't feel particularly like singing worship songs right now, and so I need the people next to me to to sing and to bring that hope back to my uh, back to my thought, back to my memory. Good think, plug. Good plug. Yeah. yeah. Good plug for worship. <laughs> Sorry. Jeff loves that. Um, That's another week. <laughs> I I just really think that this is a key point because I, I feel like, especially right now in our culture, hope is not a, a really a message that's being sent. It's very negative. It's very hopeless. Um, and, and we want to share our story. But the next question that we're asking is, how do we create opportunities to share our story with others? we don't allow a lot of opportunity sometimes mm-hmm. to share that story because if we're always down, if we're always just kind of, you know, man, my, woe is me and everything, no one really wants to hear that story because it seems like everybody in culture is that way. So there has to be a difference for a follower of Christ. So how do we create opportunities to share that story with others? Man, personally, I just, I, I just, it, I think it's in the way that I wake up in the morning and go into the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, if I'm going into the day thinking about that as a possibility in my day, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the guy that's checking my testing my battery at the auto parts store, and Sounds I'm like sitting, had a lot and of I'm standing batteries. there talking to him for a while, <laughs> yeah. or the guy that I'm trying, he's helped me try out a guitar, guitar yeah. center, whatever. Um, it becomes an opportunity to, to just open that just conversation up daily with living yeah. and yeah and then we and, but then on days that I go into the day I, which are a lot of them you know I go in the day I'm not thinking about it at all then God could have a divine appointment in my path that I just totally miss out on yeah you know it's a good word it's a good word yeah um I think about uh like uh, you know you don't want to you never want to like engineer something right like you you know you if you 
you want to have your story ready to share, you know, we're told to, to always be prepared to make a case for the hope that we have. Yeah. Right. Um, but one of the biggest things, um, just relationally is like when you're talking with somebody, ask them their story. You know, they may not have a, um, you know, they may not be necessarily religious or they may not have a belief system, but um, just like asking them, hey, you know, what's your story? Tell me, um, tell me where you're from, like your family, like, um, because, and and, and not just as a method to get to your story, right? But because um, hearing hearing something that someone has gone through, allows you to connect with them in a different way than you would just just talking to them. And you're so. trying to find a commonality with them. Yeah. You're trying to connect with them mm-hmm. in that commonality right. that, because everyone has something that we have in common, whether it's right. 1% yeah. or... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think back uh, along that line, I think back about 35 years ago when I went through CWT, Continued Witness Training, there was a little acrostic that was, it was F-I-R-E, FIRE, and it, and it stood for family, interest, religious background, and experiences. Mm-hmm. And it was just some quick things. You could just open a conversation with somebody oh. like Hayden just said, and it yeah. would just allow you to kind of get to find some common ground. That's and cool. I think the key to all of that, what everyone is saying, is it. you have to stop and take time. Right. Right. Our world, we're just so fast. And mm-hmm. we are, you know, we get home and we, you know, go down our alley, get in our driveway, shut the door, we're done. And so we, we're not really living out our lives. But well, I think we have more opportunities to kind of share our story than we think. But you have to be, like Jeff said, aware of those opportunities. And then you have to just create those opportunities in a sense of, like Hayden said, ask, get to know someone hear their story, find those commonalities, and and, and even simple questions. Because I, I know there's a lot of times somebody will ask me, hey, how was your weekend? And I'll say, fine, or it was good, or I'll talk about the football game, but I'll, I'll never mention anything about church. And it's not intentional, but it's just like, I just already assume they don't want to hear that, right? right. <laughs> and so, but, but, you know, simple questions like that where, okay, there's a front door. Well, you know, it was good. You know, I went to – not that you have to go into the sermon and go point by point by the sermon, but, you know, I just yeah. had a great great time at church this weekend. You know, got to see some people I, I, I really care about, and, you know, it made a big difference for me this week. And so just simple things like that, looking for opportunities. I mean, again, it doesn't have to be um, this, this huge, you know – big light where you know over someone's head and you know this is who you're going to share your story with but we just have to be look looking for those and be aware of those when you're showing like that there is hope going on you know sometimes just sharing that god moved in our church like just saying you know it was a great sunday of just being together everybody's like oh i'm not alone in this it's just a so simple deal so i'm going to get controversial right now all right i'm going to ask this question (laughs) and it's not so when we create opportunities to share the story do we share our stories on social media as well? Do you see those as posts as sharing our stories and sometimes contradicting the story we're trying to tell? Um, I think social media is an avenue, right, to be able yeah. to reach people. But I, 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 you don't. I mean, I guess unless it's a video of you sh- actually sharing your story, it, it's just it's a little bit. It's just a little bit of a segment, right, or a little tidbit. But I really think there is uh, there's more. There's more. I don't even know how to say it, but there's there's just value in the one-on-one. There's a connection in the interaction. There's a connection. There's there's a, uh, you know, I I don't know. I, so I, I would say no, no. I would say you know, yes. Social media can be a great tool, but I don't think it's a substitute for actually the the one-on-ones and opportunities that got you know where God has placed you in your home, in your school, in your job, 
you know, in your neighborhood where you do life, that's intentional. And I think if we just stick to posting Bible verses on social media, <laughs> I mean, that's great, and, yeah. and, and you know, and God can do a lot of things through that. But I think He's called us to to give a verbal witness uh, about who we are and and who we were, who we are, and and who Christ is creating us to be. Yeah. It's easier to have dialogue when you're you yeah know, face to face and. Uh, yeah, I, I might even um, rub a little different on that. Um, I think that um, – and that may be too – you know, I grew up largely with social media being a part of uh, my life. You and, grew up with a phone in your hand. Like you, uh, no, had, you were a baby and like – Not not quite. Um, like, almost. Like I think the, the first iPhone came out when I was like – 12 or something yes. like that so like and i never had one totally feel old right now <laughs> <All right. laughs> but um and i do definitely agree that uh it's always better to be one-on-one or yeah. to, to be at least even in a in a room with somebody because you have the opportunity to have like jeff said and like jimmy said the dialogue like the the conversation yeah um there uh there's a big movement right now of people sort of telling their story and it's usually um you know things like like possibly like abuse or like um you know this is how i grew up and this is how it turned out and like those kinds of things and so i think that um uh it may you know as a as a tool it may be a good door like it may be mm-hmm. a good way to say you know we, we talk about like giving our, our um our short testimony you know our 15 second testimony or or whatever but like um it's pretty common for people to share some of their story yeah um and so it may be a good tool to post and just say here's a little bit of my story and then um, that might spur on conversations later on whether it's Mm -hmm. you know it uh, you know in person with the person that you you work with or go to school with or whatever but it also may um cause somebody that you know that doesn't you would never have the opportunity to sit down with Mm -hmm. um to say hey tell me more about that you know so uh i don't uh, I agree. I definitely agree that it's better. Um, but I think that uh, social media could definitely be a um, a way to start that conversation. Yeah, I see it as a window. Um, it's a window letting you into their life, sure. but you don't get to see and don't get to interact. It's you see the you know the artwork. You see the as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And they put it up on the front. <laughs> it gives you a little taste, but it doesn't give you fully like what is that person? They may right. have bought that at Canton and just put it up and didn't have right. a clue to it. And right. I think social media, one of the things that it does is it gives us a positive window or a negative window <laughs> right. into what it is. Like if we're giving our testimony and saying, man, Jesus changed my life, and then next thing you know, I'm like bashing someone for, you know, what red Corvette cut me off on yeah. exchange and <laughs> yeah. here's his license plate and all that. Yeah. That's not the story. And so I think we have to be careful because I think it, social media is a window, but it can let them in positive, negatively into that into that story. And so. I think we have to recognize too, you know, back to some of what Hayden was saying is there's a whole there's a whole online world out yeah. there and there and it's not just social media, it's you know, it's where they're communicating, yeah. right? Whether through yeah, game, through gaming, yes. through whatever, there are communities out there. And so uh, sometimes you can have that interaction, you can have that conversation with someone who's literally across the world. Uh, and yeah. so I think that's a that's a great door that's been opened because of of the internet because of technology where we can you know we we our connection is this whatever game or whatever interest that we have but then through that you know we've gotten to know Mm -hmm. each other you know you have to be careful it's a dangerous world out there too (laughs) but um but through that connection like say hey i'm i'm meeting with someone matter of fact i heard some of our 
students talking about how they're trying to share their story and disciple people mm-hmm. through through an online avenue, right? Discord, where where, where yeah. they get to, yeah. There you go. You're going through Discord. There you go. So. See, uh, and that, <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't remember the platform, but I, I heard them talking about it. And that's that's when we talk about metaverse, and that's a whole nother yeah. podcast. But that's the metaverse. <laughs> metaverse in VR, it is it is everything from video game Fortnite's metaverse. Like, so communicating is is social media is moving into that, and that that's a way of communicating. So we'll have, actually need a podcast on that, yeah. man. So you'll need a younger panel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff's really proficient in it. Like he knows it. He's. <laughs> He's in there. All right. So going back to that, the next question, what does it look like when we share our story before we met Jesus? So, you know, a lot of people, when we say we before we met Jesus, uh, and, and it kind of goes hand in hand, the next question ties into this, but what is it, how do we, how do we share what our life looked like before we met Jesus? What is it? What does that look like? I definitely think that you want to avoid, um, if you're sharing with somebody who's like, who, who doesn't have a relationship with Christ, um, we have a tendency, like when we talk to each other, uh, you know, uh, especially in student ministry, all the time we'll have like little, hey, uh, turn your neighbor, practice sharing your story. And we talk about, I was lost and I was dead in my sin and I was um, in this garbage. And like, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were in our sin and, and we are we were separated from God. And I don't want to I don't want to belittle that at all. But um, when you're talking to somebody who who does not have this experience of this relationship with Christ, and saying before, um, you know, the world doesn't see people without Christ as like, you know, lost and in a dirge and all these things like. Um, you know, our life before Christ, we might have been living in blissful ignorance of the need for a savior. Yeah. You know, we might have been living mm-hmm. thinking, man, things are going pretty okay. And what we were, you know, unaware of was that our, you know, we were separated from a holy God. We were separated from the creator of the universe um, who desperately desires to be with his people, with mm-hmm. his, you know, his children, have his children reconciled back to him. And so, um, I don't even remember the exact question that you asked, but I think that it's important. It's <laughs> you important. actually answered the next question. <laughs> oh, sorry. Great, man. Like, yeah. no. it's, just, it's just important that when we talk to somebody about, about our life before Christ, yeah. that they understand that maybe sometimes it didn't feel necessarily like we were – like there was anything wrong or missing. You know, we, we just did, were unaware, you know, of those. And so – yeah, and I, I think whatever our story is before we met Christ, I mean, it shows it shows uh, like vulner- vulnerability, uh, you, you know, trans- transparency, you, you know, um, just to kind of kind of say, hey, you know, I am I'm laying no claims as to having yeah. my act together, and of course, I, right. I came to Christ as a as a nine year old, didn't have a lot of baggage yet, but I was I was a <laughs> I was a sinner in need of a savior, absolutely. But most all of my terrible choices and rebellion or whatever or temptation or all that kind of thing happened after I came mm-hmm. to Christ, and yeah. so mm-hmm. it was like, you know, if if we can just uh, be real from both sides of the coin there before and after and it just opens up some some space there to feel yeah uh, safe to talk about I think it. if we brought your dad in he would say before nine you were <laughs> he, he would probably, he would probably be, be like, different. Yeah, Jeff was different before that. that. There was a difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, and I'm the same way with Jeff. I mean, I, I became a Christian when I was eight, but I, I think part of that um, part of the story is okay, 
we have church words, right? Justification. Mm-hmm. That's where you know we we were we went from from death to life, and then there's the sanctification, which basically means, you know, God shaping us and molding us to become more and more like Him. And I think that is that is a part of it. And I think we don't we don't ever want anyone to think, okay, now that I'm a Christian, life is great. Yeah, and, right. And all my problems go away, and da da da. But it's more like, okay, now that I'm a follower of Christ, now I view my life through the lens of Him being Lord and Savior of my life, and oh, by the way, still me trying to be Lord of my life too, so there's that constant battle, right, of surrendering to Him, and so that's yeah. part of the story. Just just like Jeff said, you know, after my salvation experience as an eight-year-old, what that looked like then, and then I, I understood more as I older and, and more life is coming my way, and so just trying to understand how to live that life. Uh, in a way that would honor God and please God and continually to die to myself. And so one of your questions, or you said that next question, well, I'll let you ask it before I answer it. No, no, keep on hearing. <laughs> well, like, it's just, wait, you know, wait, I don't have a great yeah. story. Like, you know, like, yeah, okay, to me, kind of like what Jeff said, I didn't have a lot of baggage as an yeah. eight-year-old, right? But I knew that that I was a sinner, right? I was separated Absolutely. from God, and I knew that I needed a Savior, and, and so, um, and what a, what a amazing thing for God to do that for me, right? And and so that's that's my story. And I've told that story before and a lot of people have identified with that yeah. because they're like, well, that's mine too, but I didn't think I could share that because it's really boring because I wasn't on drugs or mm-hmm. I wasn't this or that or you know, I didn't have all these life yeah. experiences. And again, I think it's part of the story is is okay, how has God molded you and shaped you and how have you experienced God? As you've continued on your journey, and so um, I think every story is a miracle story because it is. It's the story of of someone who is lost, uh, someone who is separated from God forever, and Jesus through the cross rescues us and and gives us new life and gives us that hope. So, whatever your story is, it's your story, and it's meant to be a story that's 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 meant to be shared. And I love what you said because we see in Scripture we see the prodigal son. He he is in desperate need of something a change and he runs to his father you know mm-hmm. and, and that's the that's the example of us going to god for the mercy and, and that that was a, a non-negotiable for him mm-hmm. he was like i'm going but then you see the rich young ruler who had everything together and everything was great and he goes to jesus and he says all right i want you to to fully follow me in obedience sell everything and, and follow me and that was very difficult and like you were saying i think the majority of the people that need to hear a story is everything's going well for them Everything's mm-hmm. great. Like, I don't need anything, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that they need Jesus. And and I think we're missing that that part of the story. We we tend to put up the extremes. Like you know, we right, got, right. Man, I was wayward. You know, like Jeff when he was six years old, he was just obeying <laughs> and just on jelly beans all the time and listening to rock. And he needed Jesus. You know, I we we have those extreme stories, but we don't tend to. We all need Jesus. Doesn't matter what we're doing or or how we're doing it. You know, and also, like you kind of mentioned, Jimmy, and I kind of want to dig into this just a hair. It seems like when we have a story, it's like everything stops once we come to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I'm saved. I'm good to go. But you said something that I really want – our story doesn't stop with mm-hmm. I'm saved. So kind of elaborate on that, that how God works through our life, and we're not, we're not perfect. Like the sins I'm dealing with when I come to know Jesus aren't just going to magically go away. I, right. I think we think that. Yeah, uh, and it is. It's just part of the journey. I'm, I'm going to use that word. If you guys have a better word, um, I'm going to use that church word again, sanctification. But it is. It's just 
it's just God molding and shaping me through through decisions and through circumstances and through trials and through struggles, um, and helping me to become more and more like Him to be a follower of Christ. I always love to read the disciples and how many times they missed it, right? Mm, and right. the questions that they still had, and they were walking, literally walking and talking with Jesus. And so I was like, man, if these guys are getting it. I, there's grace for me too because I, I have a lot of questions and, and I, I goof up and so it's just it again it just I always go back to Luke nine twenty three right if anyone wants to follow me must deny himself take yeah. up his cross daily and follow me so it's kind of like this daily almost hourly almost minute by minute dying to myself and letting God be Lord of my life. And so, okay, so how do I face that decision? How do I face my marriage, my parenting, my work life, my friendships, all those things? How does how do I look at those through the filter of what it means to be a follower of Christ? Good word, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and to follow up with that, uh, I love that book Paul David Paul David Tripp wrote New Morning Mercies. Right. Ooh, okay. Good and book. Uh, and he, the other day, just a couple days ago, there was one that he was talking about uh, about how even if we were to be obedient to Christ for a thousand straight years, <laughs> that next day we're going to need God's grace yeah. as much yes. as we needed it during mm-hmm. all the rest of that time. Mm-hmm. And so, That's yeah, good. just to just to agree with that, it's a constant struggle and a constant. Giving ourselves uh, over to him, yeah, yeah. So Hayden, like talking about like the the stories, like why don't what do I do if I don't have a great story? Like a lot of students you interact with, they've grown up in church all their life, and so what, what do you like? What do you think through when you talk to students about that? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think the the perspective is the important thing there because like. Um, I, I have a similar story too. Um, I couldn't tell you the exact age that I was. Honestly, there's a date um, on a plaque somewhere, and mm-hmm. I know that it's really important to some people. It's just, it's just not something that I have like in the forefront of my mind. But um, I was eight or so, seven or eight, maybe nine, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so you know, same thing. Like I, <laughs> you know, I wasn't. <laughs> wasn't cruising around on my on my chopper with my you know I don't know what your huffy bike I don't know why I said that but um you know uh, but the the it's not that I don't have a great story I have a fantastic story I have an amazing story of a holy god uh, a just god even that looked at me in the midst of my sin and rescued me from that mm. rescued me from the the penalty for my sin and not only that but also said and you're going to live with me forever uh, we're going to be together and so um the you know how you got there uh isn't the isn't the important part it's um the, the greatness of the story comes in the perfect life of Jesus yeah. and the death on the cross and the three days where everyone was in was hopeless like they they, they just they're like well it's over and then the triumphant empty tomb at the end of those three days when they came and he wasn't there because he had risen like that's the great story it's mm-hmm. not yeah. it's not where I came from it's it's that Jesus saw it fit to, to save me mm. and so um, you know it when you when you stop thinking so much about the me in my story and start thinking more about what God has done for me that is that's the great story and I think one of the things just kind of going with the story part and I'm gonna deviate a little bit. We tend to think our story, you, and both of y'all like kind of talked about, I don't know the time, like 
but God was working in my life. Right. For me, I grew up in the church, and I was a stubborn, like I had a hard head, <laughs> and it was just, it was a process. I, I was the rich young ruler, and I like to think the rich young ruler went away, and then at some point <laughs> came back, you know? And we tend to think the rich young ruler just disappeared, and that was it, and he's going to hell. And But Jesus left that nugget with him, and he was sad, but there, there, it was working in his life. And I think we have a lot of people like that. That that story is not just a hard stop once they don't mm-hmm. know Jesus. It, it, God's constantly working in them. Uh, mm-hmm. I had people give up in my life, like at church. Like, yeah. this is a hard-headed kid. And it, if it yep. wasn't for Brian Shipman, who was my youth minister, who didn't pour into me, even though I took his car and moved it and all <laughs> sorts of weird stuff, he should have <laughs> kicked me out of the youth ministry. He still loved me. Right. And I think that... That's a part of the story too. We we think there's a hard date, man. All of a sudden, everything changed. And you know, do you think that for us, like some people's stories give us give us hope of other people? Like we have uh, parents that are listening to this that they're giving up on their kids because it's just it's not happening. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of stories where it's like God worked through their life and at an older age accepted Jesus. Like, have y'all seen those stories in your life? Yeah, for sure. I mean, here at this church, yeah. you know, we've seen stories of kids coming to know the Lord, adults coming to know the Lord, senior adults coming to know the Lord. I mean, it's just – it's how – kind of back to what Hayden said, it's it's how I got to the story of Jesus, yeah. right, to where I finally – and it's Jesus' work, Jesus' power, all that Jesus did that, that gave me this new life. And and it is. It's, it's, it's a journey for some people. Some people, it's – you know, like you said, I, I get to share with someone, and then boom, God is working right there in that person's yeah. heart, and 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 they ask the Lord to come into their lives. But sometimes it's okay. I'm the 21st person who's talked to them, mm-hmm. but we still have to keep investing and keep and keep sharing the story. We can't just because they say no, you know, a year ago doesn't mean that that's still a no. Give up on? Yeah, them. give yeah. up on them, and we're moving on. I mean, yeah, I, I think you're you're right. We we don't know where we are, and we don't know where we are in their story to get to God. Absolutely true. I mean, he's the eternal hound of heaven. You know, always pursuing, always mm-hmm. going. It's very after. poetic, and uh, and so I mean, if, if he but, is constantly pursuing, then you know, I, yeah, my hope should be that uh, no matter what age, you know, a person finds that hope, comes to Christ. So Chad says that we're, we are not the story. Like, we're not the central, centrality of the story, but Christ is the story. How do we keep Christ at the center of our story? You know, you, I've heard testimonies where someone gets up on stage, and I mean, it is the most amazing story I've ever heard, and Jesus wasn't mentioned once. It, it, it's like, okay, and then he's like, all right, I want you to come down front and accept Jesus as your personal Lord. And you're like... Why would I do that when you're like, you know, and, and not to bash the power team, but they're like, man, watch me rip this phone book and come down front now. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, how do we keep Christ at the center of that story? I think, I mean, Hayden did a great job of answering that question earlier because it's, it's. I didn't a, mean to skip ahead. Though. No, <laughs> yeah, you skipped ahead. No. Sorry, man. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> theme of the day. Back to what you said. You're I awesome. mean, it's just, it's, it's the power of, I mean, it's I couldn't do this on my own. I couldn't yeah. save myself. I couldn't I couldn't do anything. I can't forgive my own sin. I can't I, I can't, right? I think that's the gospel. Mm-hmm. I can't, but God can and and we allow him to do that. And I think in your story, you just continually point to that and point to his grace in the times where we were messed up and his continued grace and his continued mercy and yeah, I, I it it is never it is never and should never be about me or about you. It's yeah. it's about about the power of Christ. Yeah, and we we could easily be fooled, especially um, 
when we when we uh, by maybe the world standards haven't uh, sort of messed up, uh, you know, taking our life in, our, in the wrong direction. You know, it, it's really hard to do that when you're you know a child and you're under your parents' roof and that kind of thing. You don't have a whole lot of agency in most of the decisions that you <laughs> that are made. You know, in your it's life. True. Um, and I, so I, I just think that it's um, you know we we almost like I could I could have just in my own ignorance not recognized my need you know but it's cool that um the bible while it gives us the story of redemption it also shows us we also are able to see Mm -hmm. that even in our seemingly okay you know uh, fine trajectory of our life that we are desperately in need like it shows us the need that we have and Mm -hmm. it shows us hey here's how Mm -hmm. here's how to follow christ and and to to bring yourself in right relationship with the holy god that you know you you could have easily gone on living in ignorance thinking you were all cool, you were all good and you know i'm a good person and i figure you know once to get to the big man upstairs that he'll give me a golden ticket you know he'll let me in right i'm hoping i'm hoping and how uh, how tragic yeah you know um when it brings rest to your life when you know it's not about me right it, it's about christ and and the more i surrender the more i lay it down the more God's going to work in me. I think sometimes we make that story seem like I'm doing a lot of work, and maybe we are. Maybe we're trying, and that that's where you know you may be talking right now, and you're like, "Man, my story, I'm tired." And, and really, God wants you to just lay it down because He gave Christ that we may have that opportunity um, just to rest in Him, and that's that's where He talks about rest in me. You know, my yoke is is light, my burden is is light. Rest in me, and so. The next question I want to ask is, what are some good and bad habits we see in telling our story? We've kind of covered those. You know, we don't keep Christ at the center of it. Um, you know, uh, what are what are some other good and bad habits that you've seen throughout just the ministry uh, of people giving their story? Um, I I think we even just what we just talked about, like uh, don't um, don't don't downsell or downplay what's been done in your life. Um, by saying, well, you know, I don't have a, a crazy story. I hear that so much with, especially with students. They're like, well, you know, I don't have, if I hear I don't have, I'm just sitting there in my, you know, quietly, you know, obviously like I have to sit, I have to, I have to be encouraging in those because in my mind, I'm just like, man, don't downsell what God has done for you. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I think that's a bad habit that I find myself falling into all the time. Um, and a, a good habit is, is to just remember um, remember the perspective. Yeah, yeah. Bad habit, just not doing it. Yeah, know? for sure. And just mm, not, just, just not doing it. Yeah. And and so, um, God gave us our story, yeah. and and uh, and so there's somebody that, that that can be used for for eternity. So I mean, it's like get out there and get in the game. I think a bad habit that I fall into a lot is just that I I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I just don't want to bother them right now yeah. right because they they've probably got a thousand things going on and there's you know they're doing this and so sometimes i sometimes i answer for them and that's a bad habit yeah. um uh mm. when it comes to sharing our story i i, I say t- you know i answer for them like no thanks when you know i just have no I, again back to back to what i said earlier we just don't know where we are in this person's journey of coming to know the lord and so my disobedience could not that it's all dependent on me. I don't want it to sound like that, but I may have missed an opportunity just because out of my sheer whatever excuse I want to give. So I, I talk yourself out of yeah, it. Yeah, talk yourself out of it. So 
Um, and again, I think a bad habit is because you know we're not necessarily we don't feel like we're evangelists, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, and so we just we feel ill-equipped. And right. and and in reality, uh, you know, sharing your story is just that: telling your story, the difference that Christ has made in your life, and that's going to be more impactful. Mm-hmm. Than any sermon someone's going to preach, right, or whatever, because they, they they're going to hear what how this is real in your life, and and it's not just this good of this goods that you're trying to sell to them. It's like no, this is this has been a difference maker for me, and and here's how it is, and here's how it continues to be. I think a a good habit is listening. I don't mm-hmm. think we listen enough to the people. It's like we have a message, and I'm just going to dump it on you. That's true. And then we let it, mm-hmm. and, and we don't listen to what they're saying. A lot of times we can listen, and I think it leads to the next bad habit, I think, is we don't trust in the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, I The question I've been posed this month is, am I preparing as if God's not going to show up? Mm. And I'm like, wow, that is terrible. Mm. And so that has really hit me of, am I trusting the Holy Spirit to, yeah. to show up? and be a part of that conversation and listening is key to that because I allow, all right, I have to deviate. I don't have a planned story. And, yeah. and it's great to have a, a set story, but it's also, you know, God's given you experiences um, in that. You know, I, uh, one of those experiences was when my mom passed away, Roger Taff and, and just his testimony. Uh, the story just doesn't apply to uh, a non-Christian and a Christian. It applies to even us in, in the church helping each other out mm-hmm. and encouraging each other. You know, Jimmy, we've had a lot of those where yeah. your story has helped me and encouraged me. And, and so it, it's just one of those one of those deals. I think a good habit, too, is just to ask questions, right? Just don't yeah. don't assume you know what they're saying or what mm-hmm. they're talking about, but just follow up with, you know, tell me more about that. Or when you say when you said this, what did what you know? What did you mean? Mm, good word. Those types of mm. things. So I think you know that's a good habit. When and be sh- loving. They yeah. may have a sin that you're just like that's terrible, and and don't judge. Just yeah. listen. You know, and and they're hurting and they need hope. What is the goal of us telling our story? I mean, we've kind of covered that. Like the goal of us telling a story is to give hope. Is mm. is really to show them what that hope is. Do y'all see any other goals of telling that story to other people? Yeah, I think that um, when we tell our story, uh, like one of the one of the biggest things um, about uh, whether it's just telling your story um, about a certain thing or whether it's sharing your your testimony of salvation or any, any of that kind of stuff is like, um, you know, it, sometimes if you run into somebody who is a a believer already, hey, can I can I um, share my story with you anyway? Yeah. Can I practice um, sharing my story and? I found that, you know, in those situations where it's like, you know, you're, you're looking for an evangelistic conversation and you, you run across a Christian and you ask, can I practice? Can I, can I share my story with you? Um, it can be encouraging mm. to know that your experience is not one that you are uh, – that is unique to you. Yeah. Because, like, um, you know, even – even with fellow believers, and especially with um, with with folks who don't have a relationship with Christ, uh, the goal could also be to to relate to somebody in a way. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, sharing your story might bring up things that you might not you know might not come up in a normal conversation and um you could find common ground in that and that could further deepen your relationship with that person even if it uh you know doesn't result in them coming to the conclusion that they need this hope um, that could further a a relationship that you could then um you know that would be beneficial uh, down the road absolutely i think uh, you know a goal obviously is always to point someone to jesus right you know that's what our story in, but then also it it's a 
it's obedience on our part. I yeah. mean, uh, doing what God has asked me to do and or commanded actually, right? And and empowered me to do. Um, and so um, I think that's that's a big goal is to make sure that my story points points to points to Him and 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 I'm being obedient in that. And it always decla- it just constantly declares our dependency on Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time reminds us. Yeah, yeah reminds as well. us. It's just good for us. Any last words? Any any great thoughts? Um, well, just like we've said before, or you know. If you ever have questions or you need tool, I mean, we have lots of tools that can help you to know how to share your story, to kind of give you simple ways. You know, there's a Roman road. We do three circles. There's this drawing that Chad does. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to share the gospel. But, like, he said it and we've said it. You know, the best tool to use is the one that you're going to use. And so so don't don't go into this thinking, well, gosh, I, I, I don't know how to do it or what to do. Just ask us, and, and, and we'd be glad to help you. Or if you're not in the area, we'd be glad to Zoom with you and just kind of talk about how to share your faith. And, and you've probably been through some sort of training or you've heard someone talk about it. Use that tool. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we think it, the newest fad or the newest like uh, way of sharing. It, it, in the yeah. Christian circles, we tend to have that. All right, here's the cool way to do it. What would Jesus do? Bracelets yeah. were so cool when I was in youth ministry. Well, I mean, like, Jeff mentioned fire, an acronym yeah. that from a I love from that. a tool that he used back then, just to kind of help him think through things. I mean, yeah, if I there's wasn't even some, alive. if there's something, yeah. if there's something that you've I'm got, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. It's again, it's not, it's not me. It's the Holy Absolutely. Spirit working through me, and so God can use a drawing. He can use a an acronym. He can use all kinds of stuff. We just have to be faithful to do it. In a, in a passage, like we're, we're mm-hmm. learning one from per- Preston Condor about First Corinthians fifteen one through four is the gospel definition. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it's just it's really great. So, um, man, I really really had a great time having you on. We're gonna have to do some more. We're gonna bring all y'all on for the metaverse conversation. Just so you know. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, no, that's gonna be awesome. I think Jimmy, I, I want to. I'm gonna send him some books on it. So. <laughs> Last question. Um, Oh, and and we want to thank our sponsors, Dairy King and Burger Queen. (laughs) And El Felix. And El Felix and Taco Not So Bueno. And uh, who else? Who was the auto parts store? Taco Masa. (laughs) Oh, Smiley's. Yeah, Motto Zone. We we want a big shout out to Motto Zone. Jeff is going to be our uh, resident ad person from now on. We're going to have so many. We're going to have to make some fake logos for it and all that kind of stuff. All right. So the last question is, who do you have in the Super Bowl? Hayden, who do you have in the Super Bowl? Oh, uh, sports ball. I, you know, the Cowboys. Cowboys? Hayden is not into sports as much. Like, it's uh, – I, I love the Cowboys. You love the Cowboys. And you Brett love baseball. Favre. And Brett, and Brett Favre. Brett Favre is in trouble. Yeah. Well, so I love Brett Favre. I love Brett Favre. Sorry. <laughs> We're gonna take like, that one. So I had one football game. It was Madden 04. and uh, I always on the cover, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I yeah. I always had. I always had. I always played Green Bay. No matter who you know, <laughs> I was playing. I was playing Green Bay. But uh, this is a Frank Caliendo is talking about your greatest torso in football. <laughs> Did a Madden impression. Yes. Wow. So. Oh, okay. Well, so you have the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's it. yeah. Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys. Always, every year. All right. Jeff, who do you have in the Super Bowl? So I'm going with who I go with every year. Cowboys? Tom Brady. I'm going with Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin <laughs> against the world because they're the only ones I can truly envision being in the Super Bowl from Dallas. But I will, I will, uh, I will add a modern 
member to that team. Okay, Turpin. If they had Turpin, then we we got we got it all. Mm, oh, yeah. look at you! Special you teams. Yeah, he, he can run like a scalded dog. So yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm run I'm like a scalded, scalded dog. Yeah, what right. is that even? So, uh, Put so, those three up against anybody. So you talk about the Cowboys, and and uh, we were at the Cowboys Stadium for the Arkansas A and M game, and we were looking at the banners they have. Flying, and mm-hmm. I remember when I was with my dad one time in a game and saw the '71 and '74 uh, banner. I think it was. Uh, I can't remember the the two Super Bowls and one in the '70s. Oh. And I remember going, Dad, I, I just I hope that happens. And then here I am with my own son going, Man, yeah. that's Look at the '92, '93, '95 banners. Back in the yeah. '70s yeah. when I was a kid, and I was like, yeah. Oh gosh. So where 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 were y'all in that '94 Super Bowl? I was I was in uh, freshman year in high school. Okay, I was in diapers. Okay, I was one. Jimmy was at the stadium. No, no. When they, I was. We were at a youth fellowship. We we were at. I remember Mike and Linda Hughes' home. Nice. <laughs> we were at their house when they won that Super Bowl. So you were in youth ministry or you were a student? No, I was a youth minister. Yeah. Dang. You, so you two guys are older than I thought. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. Good. So know. who do you have in the Super Bowl, Jimmy? Oh, Cowboys always. That's who I always pick. Okay. I can't pick against them. Really? I'm a homer. Yeah. Nice. Well, you heard it here first. Jimmy says the Cowboys. So we appreciate you being here. Just a reminder, uh, what Jimmy talked about, all of the uh, all the resources we have. We we even have an incredible uh, resource that's available starting this Wednesday, coming up after this podcast, that Chad is going to walk through how do you develop your story. That will be online and actually on Wednesday night as well. So if you want to make your way before this podcast uh, is released the Wednesday night, uh, you can be a part of that. It starts at 630 to 730. We have all of these wonderful 101 and 201 trainings. They're also available online for you if you're not in the area. We would love to have you. And next week, we are going to have Hayden and Jeff back talking about worship. And so I'm excited about that. Um, we're going to have kind of a guessing the worship generation game, what songs came out when, <laughs> oh. and uh, yeah, okay. and then what oh, songs gosh. were pop- popular in certain times. So mm. I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be a real fun cool. podcast. So cool, Jimmy, cool, cool. Jeff. Hayden, thank y'all so much. Y'all have a wonderful day. Go Taco Masa. Go Taco Masa. We're all going to go there right now. So we're so glad you listened to Beyond Sunday. Y'all have a great one.